that. So like, hey everybody, up, everybody? Uh, welcome, welcome. Good to see some old friends and some new ones as well. We're super excited to have you here for our third bonfire session, um, Surf and Sales bonfire session, which um, we're also super excited to have the one and only KD Kevin Dorsey. Uh, so Katie, thanks for joining us today and I'm going to go turn off that sound. So give me a second, but, uh, Scott, you want to do a quick intro of the sponsors while I go do that? Yeah. I hope I get it. Hope I get it right, Richard, but, uh, we're happy to, uh, be sponsored right now by Vidyard and Gong and lead 411. Of course, I think that might be it for, uh, for December. We're working on. We're working on a slightly well-known sponsor, right, Richard? Yes. Twenty twenty-one. We're working on it. So. We're, we're working on it. it. Might it might happen? And and you know you could argue that we're sponsored by a uh, patient pop as well, since KD is here and that that's where he works, right? Absolutely. So why don't we why don't we go ahead? Hey, KD, why don't you jump on and um and just you know quickly introduce yourself and you know for those who don't know you. Um, let people sort of get a sense of, you know, the different roles you've had and different sales cycles, again, just to give some context and your leadership roles, because I know we're going to talk about goal setting very specifically. And I, I just want people to have a, a grounding of you. For, for sure. So Kevin Dorsey, um, everyone calls me KD. The only people that call me Kevin or my wife or my mom. And both times I'm probably in trouble for something like they don't even call me Kevin. So everyone here, hopefully we can just be on the KD level. Um, right now I'm the VP of inside sales at Patient Pop. I oversee the SDR org and the inside closing org, which is right around 70 um, reps at the moment. Last year we were around about 110, 115. We'll probably grow to this um, to that number again in 2021. Um, prior to Patient Pop, I was at Service Titan and I led the sales development and enablement org at Service Titan. Prior to that, I was the VP of inside sales at Snack Nation and grew that from zero reps to just under 70 reps in under three years. Um, and it's funny, those last three companies are three of the fastest growing startups in LA. And I've been able to be a part of all of their growth over the past um past seven, eight years now. I've sold SMB, I've sold mid-market, I've sold a little bit of enterprise. I get a little bit bored with enterprise. So like I need to have the mid-market and SMB along with it. So I got something to do every single day. And um, I love I love sales, I love salespeople. And I'm very, very big into self-development, personal development, like goal setting, everything like that. So I think this was a kind of fun session to be able to go through and hopefully I can share some tips and tricks and all that kind of fun stuff. Cool. Uh, so Kevin, just getting started, when did you even sort of realize you wanted to start setting goals? Maybe, oh, from, man. You, know, you know, or were you always that kid who did that? I was definitely not always that kid. I was, I, um, I'm going to try not cuss too much. I wasn't the best child um, growing up, you know, like I was, I just, I would get into things. I was a little bit of a fighter. I wasn't that great at school. Like I love to learn, but I didn't like school. So I don't know if anyone can empathize with, with that. Um, I didn't get into goal setting until I got my first mentor. And this was about, geez, 14 years now. And he gave me a book called Think and Grow Rich. And I read that book and it changed my life in so many 
ways because it made me realize that I controlled my destiny. Like the better I was, the better my results would be. And that's when I started getting into goals. Um, from there, I got into Tony Robbins as well. And that's kind of been, you know, well over a decade now of testing, tweaking, trying different ways, learning about goals and the right ways to do them. And so that's what really triggered my growth. Yeah. And, you know, where did you start? So what did you just sort of start like, okay, it's New Year's and I'm going to start having these goals or, you know, how did, how did you start? Because I, I know you, you I really, I, I watch you and I hear you talk about this all the time that you're very good at it, but were you always very good at it because you read that oh, book? Like, did you get that? Absolutely not. No, no, no. I did it all wrong. I did it all wrong. I set these massive goals, you know, what are they called? Like the BHAG, right? The big, hairy, audacious goal. And I set these big goals and I write it on the note card and I put it on my vision board and I have 15 different goals and all of that. But no, I, I made so many mistakes early on with goal setting and shockingly didn't achieve a lot of them at first. You know, like it's one of those things, someone reads Think and Grow Rich or they read The Secret or they read some Tony Robbins. They're like, you know what? I'm making 42K a year right now, next year. I'm going to make a million dollars and I'm going to manifest that shit. I'm just going to put it out in the universe and I'm going to make a million dollars because that's my goal. I did that type of stuff, you know, and shockingly it didn't work. Talk about a vision board. What is a vision board? So a, a vision board is a visual representation of your goals, but also what your goals will do for you. Right. So it's not just also putting up like what the goal is, but it's like, what is the lifestyle that the goal will provide? And so what's interesting, so we're going to get into some science and stuff in here too. The reason why a vision board is important is it lights up different parts of your brain. So it's one thing to think about your goals. It's another thing to see your goals and to see them in completion. And also to see, and we're going to get into three by threes. We're going to get into behavioral. We're going to get in all sorts of stuff, but also to read something. Again, it triggers different parts of your brain. So when it comes to goal setting, you want to make sure you're activating your whole brain. For most people, when they set a goal, oftentimes, they, let's just be honest, they don't. Two, they write it down maybe, but then they never look at it again. There's actually a lot of science that goes into reviewing, actually reading it, but then actually here I can, I don't know if I can do this. So over there is my, my vision board. There's also some gluten-free beer there from my friend, Scott Lease as a housewarming gift. You know, sorry to, to spoil the surprise, but um, it's over there. So I see it all day, every day as like, here's what I'm trying to achieve. So you got to put that stuff somewhere you can time, see. Time out, time out, time out. Scott, can you drink gluten-free beer? Because I know you have your whole allergy thing. It's more about gluten-free tequila. Richard, it's it's impolite to, to to tell him that I can't actually drink that. Damn it. Just accept the gift and, and give him a hug and say thanks. And right, then on. the next driveway drinks, Scott just brings it out to me like, hey, yeah. have a beer. And like, I gave you this. All right. Before, before All we right, talk well, about everybody, quickly, one, go put questions in the chat. We're happy to uh, bring folks up who want to do that. Uh, also, please put, put uh, pop in where you're dialing in from. It's always fun to see where folks are coming in from to, to pay attention to these things. So, Katie, talk talk about <clears throat> talk about the science of of why staring at the goals beyond just writing them down uh, makes such an impact. And there's a lot of studies out there that people could go check out where people who write out their goals 
or more likely to attain them, but people who stare at them and look at them all day long are even more likely to attain them. And, and what are some real practical ways that you've put these goals in front of yourself every single day or told your reps to do it? Yeah. So the reason why seeing them is important is because of the emotional connection it creates, right? So think about this, y'all. Imagine going to you know, see a movie only listening, not watching, would the movie be as good? It's not, we are visual creatures. In fact, it's upwards of, it's like 25 to 30% of our brain power goes to vision. It's these two little things that are windows to the world. So to see it triggers an emotional connection. So that's why it's important to see the outcome and to see your goals, because without it, there's not as much of a connection. But here's something that's very important, though. And so I've taken my teams through visualization exercises. We'll probably get into a little bit of that here. Um, but you can't just picture the end result. You also need to picture yourself going through the process to get there. And this is a part that a lot of people miss. So on my vision board, yes, I've got pictures of like my, my place that I want to build in Costa Rica and the car that I want to be having and like what I'm able to do like for certain charities. But then I also have next to it, the behaviors that I believe are required for me to achieve it. And so I'm seeing those every day too, because what can happen, a very interesting book on goal setting, it's called 59 Seconds can't remember the author. I'll go grab it before this is done. But it talks about, you know, a lot of the ways we were taught to set goals, right? You do the vision board and you got your house and you got your car. And if all you do is picture the end result, your brain isn't ready for the hard shit you're about to go through to achieve it. So you need to have the behaviors there too of like, here's what I need to do to get there. So you want the end result, but you also want to have the process you need to do to get there. What are, what are some of the your favorite places to, to hang these goals or where, what are some of the cool places you've seen reps put them? Like I, I can remember when I first got into goal setting, I had all my goals on this little three by five card and I taped it to my dashboard. So every time I drove, I was staring at it. And then I, I moved on to taping it to my bathroom mirror. And then I taped it under my like computer, like right by my, my keyboard. So I'm looking at these things all the time. What are some other cool ways that you've seen people keep the goals in front of them. So talk about continued growth and mistakes, right? And how you go through it. You want the goals closest to where the action takes place to get you there. So my goals are in my office. Your goal should be at your desk. Here's where we go wrong. We put our goals in our bedroom we put our goals yeah on the bathroom mirror as a reminder mm -hmm. but you want it where it's going to drive the right behaviors so for example if i'm frustrated or i i'm tired i'm running out of energy and i want to go sit down and just chill for a little bit actually here fuck it we're gonna do this i don't know if you guys are gonna be able to see this or not i can't tell what i'm looking at look at what i see when i sit on my couch and it's underneath the tv can y'all see this? I don't so, know if people could see. But the point I'm making is you want it where it will remind you to get back to what you're supposed to be doing. Whereas if you put it somewhere else, like if it's, for example, obviously we're all from home now, but a lot of people have their goals at home. 
Yeah. You're probably not achieving a lot of the goals at home. You need it where you're going to see it every single day to drive the behavior necessary. Yeah. And, and what are some of the other most like simple common mistakes that, that people make straight away that we could try to help people avoid today? The, in, terms of, in terms of not following up and executing. Far and away, it's avoiding the who and the how. And this was the mistake that I made very early on in goal setting. We send a lot of people set what goals, what amount of money they want to make, what kind of home they want to have, what promotion, yeah. right? They're what goals, what they skip are the who and the how. So this is the exercise that I even take my own reps through. Say, like, okay, what's, you know, the what goal. All right. I want to double my income next year. Cool. Let's call it that. Who do you need to be to double your income next year? This is the part people skip is they just set this what goal. Who do you need to be? How would that version of you behave to double your income next year? So you go through the who goal. How would this person think? How would this person act? What would this person do when things got tough? What would this person do if they felt tired? Like you have to describe who that person is after the who, then you get to the how. Can I, and you have to, can I yeah, go ahead. stop you for a second and more on the, more on the who. Do you think that a part of the who and evolution of it could also be, who do you need to spend time with? Who do you need to be around? Who do you need to network with? Who do you need to befriend so you can observe those things in action as well or no? Is it different? So no, that, that's the how. That's the how. So that's the how, right? So you need to define who first. Who do you need to be, right? How would this version of you act? How would this version of you think? Because if you think you can double your income next year being the same person, and this is what we do is mistakes, especially my salespeople. How do we try to double our income? By getting a different job. We didn't change anything about ourselves. We just tried to change the job. I need to get a new job to make more money versus I need to be twice as good to make more money. So you have to get into the who first. Who do you need to be, right? And you, again, you write this out. You describe this in detail. Then you get to the how. And this is where most people then miss, right? Is first, they never cover the who, but then to your point now, Scott. Oh, did someone say something? Sorry. Okay. Right. All right. So I need to be more disciplined. I need to learn more about financial saving and investing. I need to exceed my quota and make sure that I am executing that in XYZ. How? Well, now we get into, okay, first of all, your social circle, who's going to elevate you. Then you get into your day-to-day -day processes. And this is when we can get into the three by threes. What are the three things you commit to daily, weekly, and monthly that will give you the best shot to achieve your goals? And these are non-negotiable. What are the three things daily, weekly, and monthly you need to do to achieve your goals, right? So I'll use the double the income example because it's just an easy one we can rock with. 
Okay. So if you're a salesperson to double your income, you'd need to double your results. So let's talk about, okay, first of all, do you know those numbers? Do you know actually what it would take to double your income? First of all, next. Okay. What are the three things every day? All right. 80 dials per day, 50 new emails per day, 30 LinkedIn connections per day, every single day. Those things will bring me closer. Then you go weekly. Okay. Weekly review two of my calls, reach out to five people for referrals and read a sales book. And then you go monthly, reach out to two people for mentorship, review, attend surfing sales five times or Thursday night sales five times, whatever it is. And X, right? So you set these three things. So those are on my boards too. If you saw my board on the left-hand side are my three by threes. These are the things I'm committing to doing no matter what to bring me closer to my goals. And I have two sets of three by threes. I have my professional three by threes and I have my personal three by threes because not all about work y'all like money is an easy example we can use here. But for some of y'all, you need better relationships more than you need better money. For some of y'all, you need to be better at home more than you need to make more money. For some of y'all, it might be health for some of y'all it like, it's not just about work. It's just something that we all have in common right now, which is work, which is why I'm using that example. Yeah. Are these your actual goals? So what are your, so let's talk about it at a management level, right? For those who are in management, what kind of three by threes do you recommend for managers? And, and again, it could be SDR manager versus sales manager versus director versus VP, but what kind of vision do you try to give people at the management level around goal setting? So it's the exact same thing. So it's, it'll be hard for me to answer this for everybody, but let's say my professional goal as a manager is to increase my team's quota attainment. All right, let's use that as an example. I want my team quota attainment to go from 80% to 100%. Okay, so I go through my who, right? What type of leader would I need to be to achieve that? And then we get into the how. So it's like, what are three things daily that would probably impact my team's ability to attain quota. If I'm thinking through, I said, all right, I would probably make sure I recognize at least three people on my team per day for the right behaviors. I would listen to one call per day per rep. And I would, what would be something else I could do every single day that would bring, Oh, I'd have like an end of day huddle with my team every single day to talk about wins, losses, and like sticking points. So that would be a good three by three daily. Then weekly, I'd have a one-on-one, a prepared one-on-one with every single one of my reps where we're reviewing metrics, performance, behaviors, and skills. I would role play with each one of my reps for at least one 30-minute session every single week on the area that they are trying to improve. And I would... I would do like one hour of shadowing per week to make sure I can see where the sticking points are. And then to monthly, right? So it's like, this is how I would break that down for my managers. And they do, by the way, like I took my whole team through this goal setting twice this year. We did a, we did a new year's in July at patient pop. We went through it again. You know why? Because this shit got jacked up this year. I don't know about y'all, but a lot of goals went sideways this year doesn't mean you throw in the towel. So we reset, we went through the entire exercise again to set new goals, new three by threes, new visions, new who's to end this year. 
this is this is a really important point that that Kevin is talking about here, and, and this sort of mid-year resetting or mid-year, uh, you know, redo the goals. One of the most demoralizing things I think is when we set these big goals and something derails us, and and then we just kind of spiral into this like, oh fuck, I'm never going to hit this goal. That thing fell apart or whatever. Like. I can remember, you know, a couple of years ago, I had the goal to like start getting in back in, in really good shape again. And I tore cartilage in my knee. And it's like, that is no longer a realistic goal for that particular year. So I love pausing in the middle of the year, whether it's 2020 or every year. I really think you should reevaluate your goals on a quarterly basis, to be honest with you, to make sure that some of them still make sense and our priorities change and things happen to us in, in life. And we should look at our goals, not as like these concrete 10 commandments, but as something that's fluid that we can pull in and pull, pull away a little bit and prioritize. So I love that Kevin called that, that part out. Yeah, that's very important. It's very important to do. And like, and by the way, for everyone on here, how often should, this is why you have to look at it daily because most people they do, if they write their goals, they write them down and then it yeah. goes into a drawer somewhere and we never even check, like, am I on pace? What yeah. was my goal? What were my goals in January? Like people don't even remember sometimes, right? That's why I used to have this above my desk when I had a, a cubicle, if you have going back a little bit when we had the cubes, right? Right above my computer, it said, is what I'm doing right now bringing me closer to or further away from my goals? It was yeah, right above good. my computer. Is what I'm doing right now bringing me closer to or further away from my goals? Great. Right well, above my workstation. So I've, I've, we got a question coming in from George um, that I'd love for him to ask you about three by threes. So uh, George, go ahead. I know you're on, you've unmuted. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Um, yeah, and on that piece, Kevin, really quick, uh, I had a manager that used to always say to me, uh, is that conversation making you money? If I wasn't having conversations about uh, work-related things all the time, if we were talking about the football or something, maybe. so I'll fill you on that one. But um, the question I had about the three-by-three three and the daily goals is, and the metrics around that, you know, when you said, like, oh, you know, you want to double your um, income next year, do 50 calls, and then if you're doing 50 now, you need to do 100, et cetera, et cetera. How do you find... Um, do, do you sort of uh, pigeonhole time in your day to ensure that you're keeping track of your goals? Because an ex uh, what, what, what I'm, the example I would use here is, say, for instance, I'll say, right, this morning I'm going to wake up, I'm, I'm making 50 calls no matter what today, right? But then 10 past nine, I get a phone call from a customer and everything's on fire. And then, you know, I'm, I'm firefighting for the next three hours. And then next thing you know, I don't know, I've just had a newborn and she starts, and it all just, the whole day just goes to, down the goes to shit excuse my language so do, do you sort of try and be a little bit more do, do you check in daily for, for your goals like where am I with my goals today and my dailies and where am I where I am with my weeklies across the month so yes and this starts to get into the how again is like I am maniacal with my calendar like it's on there when am I making these dials when am I doing these things now every day is not going to go well let's just be very clear but my rule is never miss twice. Okay. Never miss twice, right? Are there going to be shit shows of a day? Yes, there are. Are is there going to be a day where you knew your newborn was up four times last night and just by sheer will and power you even got out of bed that morning? Yes, but 
when I walk into a day like that, I'm thinking, what can I do to bring myself closer to my goal today, right? But anytime you miss twice, now something's wrong with your prioritizing and your planning, right? Like that's, that's the key, right? So actually today is a perfect example. I'm taking time during my work day to do this. I started work an hour earlier today to ensure, right? I was working at 5.30 this morning, working, not up, working. Why? To make sure I could stay on track with what I'm trying to achieve, both personally and professionally, right? There's gonna be shit show days, but this is also part of the visualization when we talk about the who. You picture shit going bad. Yeah. What are you gonna do when that happens? How are you going to rebound? Because we will, we are so, we are so interesting as humans. Something will go wrong for an hour and we'll throw away the whole day. Ah, that, that meeting went an hour long. Okay. Go do the thing, right? Like that would be my encouragement. Plan better and prioritize, but just never miss twice. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. So much of that has to do with expectation setting. Why do we expect our day to go smoothly? <laughs> right. I don't understand. Has anybody ever had a day that went totally smooth without interruption? I never have. If you have, I'd love to learn from you. Particularly in so, 2020. So here's, here's the thing, though. Kids. I, this is so important. It's, it's a really good point to make. So when you're planning your day, you have to leave space for fires. Right. So like my team knows this, my managers know this very, very rarely do I respond instantaneously. Very rarely. Because one, I know for a fact, if it was super important, are they slacking me? Like if it's super important, they're picking up that phone to call me while we're remote. Right. I'm working on something during that time and then I get to it, but there's space for it. Cause this is the other mistake we make with goal settings. We make them too big. We try to plan the perfect day to the minute and it goes off, right? But I want to pick one caveat here that I think is important for people to think about. I think people drastically underestimate the amount of time they waste on their phone and on distractions. Like, this is your goals, y'all. This is what you're trying to achieve, okay? I, look, I don't know if you guys can see this, okay? So I told you, I've been going since about 5.30, this morning, I'm at one hour and 15 minutes of screen time on my phone. I don't know if you can see that. And all of it is before 6 a.m. Since then, I've been working, right? Like we, people spend four or five hours on their phones all day and they don't even realize that's taking you away from your goals. It's taking you away. It is not that, it, that Instagram post, that LinkedIn post is not that important to take you away from your actual goals. I digress. And a good question. I want to throw something out there that I learned and, and I'm, I'm a legit ADHD, not one of those people who thinks they have it. And, uh, but I learned this from, from a, from a woman I was on another panel with, which is 15 minute increments. Sometimes I just need 15 minutes and I can get something so much done in 15 minutes. Right. And I, to Kevin's point of, putting away the distractions and putting down the phone. Like 
I really practice that. Like, it's interesting. I have tasks, right? Just like the rest of us in Salesforce. I have tasks related to deals. And I'm just, for whatever reason, notoriously bad at following up on those. I could be a day or two late. And so now I put into my calendar 15 minutes for tasks so that nobody can come and take that meeting. No new, no new person can come and set a meeting. Scott can't go set another uh, podcast for us because I need that. I need that discipline in myself. And I also build in dead time, which I think Katie is talking about. Like I build in from 12 to one is lunch, right? Totally. It's there. If I want to give it to somebody, I can, but nobody can take it from me. And I think that's the piece about that I've really had to work with on my discipline side is creating time that's for me that nobody else can take. And then I get to decide what to do at that time. It's, it's important, y'all. And again, this we'll get back to goal setting here, but it's planning your days to achieve your goals and remembering that all day, what you're doing is trying to bring you closer to that goal. Block time for it. I have reminders on my calendars to go out and mess with my kids. Like, this is what I mean. Like, to, like I have on my calendar certain spots, like, yo, go make your kids laugh. And I go out and I'll go spray them with a fucking water bottle or something. Why? Because it'll make them laugh. And that two minutes, right, helps me achieve one of my goals, which is be a better father, right? Bring joy to my home, right? That's one of my goals. Bring joy to my home. When am I doing that? Because if I, like, I'm a guy also, you gotta remember this shit. Like, am I just gonna be sitting here thinking about like, what joyous things can I do today? Like I got a 75 person sales team, investors, boards, every, that little reminder, go make Lily laugh. Yep, I agree with that one. So we got another question coming in from, from Jake. Uh, Jake, why don't you go ahead and jump in and ask it? Yeah, totally, thanks. Um, so I have your goal worksheet and you have it broken down into like health, personal, you know, all of those. Do you set different three by threes for each one of those categories and the specific goals? in those categories? So I limit like three by threes to three main goals, right? So like I have my professional goal, I have my personal goal and I have like my family relationship goals. That's where I have three by threes. Can you have more than three goals you're achieving per year? Yes, you can. But as my cornerstones, like I talked about it in my training, the keystone goals, that's where I'm building the three by threes, because if I can achieve those goals, all the other goals start to fall in place. Right. So yes, I have two sets of three by threes on my board there. One's for professional. One is for personal. And in that personal, like there's some family things, there's some health things and things like that. And so, and am I hearing like too, that you are setting like a keystone goal for those three categories, like professional, personal, and, and family. Kind yeah. Of. Okay, I have cool. two, like I count two keystone goals. I have professional, I have personal, right? And like, that's where I focus. And by, so everyone knows, so a keystone goal is what is the goal that will have the biggest impact on you achieving all the other goals? So, so for example, say you have goals around travel, you have goals around savings, you have goals around a new car, you have goals around getting a new apartment. Well, the keystone goal is going to be your income. And oftentimes, oftentimes the key, there's actually a different keystone goal that'll allow you to get to your income. For many years, one of my biggest keystone goals was a morning routine. Because I believed if I could nail my morning routine, 
that would have the biggest impact on my ability to reach all my other goals. Awesome. Thanks, Katie. You know, there's two things I want to want to address here that I think trick people up. And you're talking about these keystone goals made me think of it. One of the things I think is the lack of specificity in people's goals. So they'll have a goal that's like, I want to get a car, but they don't know what car or how much it costs. Or they'll say, I want, I want to buy a house. Well, you want to buy it where and how much does it cost? Can you talk about, if you agree or disagree, can you talk about like why being specific is important and, and getting really, really detailed and how that helps you attain the goal? At least I think it does. No, it, it absolutely does. And again, it comes down to how your brain latches onto things, right? If it's just a car, there's no emotion to it. This is I hopefully one of the takeaways y'all bring from here is you have to have an emotional attachment to your goals. If they don't make you feel anything, throw it away. It's not a goal. It's li- if, if you picture yourself achieving it and you don't feel something, it's not worth it. So being specific helps your brain go like, this is what we're going after. It also makes it harder to make excuses, right? Okay, I want that S-class AMG. Am I acting like someone who's going to get an AMG? Or am I acting like a three series? Right? Like, when it's specific, if you just say a BMW, it gives you too much room to be like, all right, well, I did okay. So I got this one. When like, no, like you, you set a goal for this, be that person, right? So you have to be specific. Doubling your income, by the way, that was a really bad example. $117,000.42 per year. Like specific, specific. Yeah. You need to know what you're going for. Yeah, I wish more people focused on that. Like, I, I could tell you exactly what $83,333.33 a month equates to. What is it? It's a million dollars a year. Boom. Yes. Right, right there. Right? <laughs> that, like, that level of, like, specifics and obsession, if you will. Like, I can, rem- and I can remember when my goals were way lower than that. I would stare at that thing. I would look at that pace all the time. Like, what am I tracking to? And I haven't memorized. And I'm always shocked when I ask people in the interview process, like, what do you want to make or how much you made last year? I'm talking to some of my reps and my rep is like unable to answer what they're pacing for their income this year. I'm like, what? How do you not know? Just so y'all don't know, I'm full of shit. Okay. So I recently moved and I found one of my old sales binders. All right. So this is when I was just slanging, right? This is just, I was managed at this point. This is 2000. Hold on. I know because it's written down. This is 2012, all right? So what is that, eight years ago? And also just to give you guys an example of how growth works. This was 2012, so at this point I was half and half. I was managing a team of 20 people and still carrying a bag. You wanna know what my keystone goal was in 2012? Yes, come on. Make, a, make $100,000 a year. This is eight years ago, y'all, eight years. That was my goal. That was my keystone to make $100,000 a year. 
How? By being fully dedicated day in and day out, staying focused on the task at hand, achieving my process goals on a daily and weekly basis. There are no off days. Process goals are my number one priority. Process goal number one, make 35 touches per day. Process goal number two, plan my day. Call this in crucial results. Process goal number three, complete the two-hour solution per week. Process goal number four, read for 30 minutes. Who do I need to be? Honest, dedicated, consistent, driven, focused, disciplined, organized. All, ah, shit, y'all can't see this. All right here, okay? Then in here, oh, look, there's my call trackers. My day was planned. Every single thing was ready to go right there. I've got my scripts in here. I've got my trainings in here. I have my income statements in here. This man all is a sales nerd. Here. Look now, look, look what's on my binder, right? These are the shits that I'm reading every single day, the slight edge principles. Mm -hmm. Every single day here, right? So like, this is what I mean around like growth. This was eight years ago. Yeah. I just know I'm making more than $100,000 a year now. Just throwing that out there. Okay, like it can happen fast, y'all. It can happen really, really fast. This is the thing that's interesting. It's like you hear somebody like like KD talk like this and he shows you this thing from eight years ago. And it's like, there's still some of y'all who don't do this. <laughs> like, why? Or you do it digitally. Like, KD, I'm curious. Do you specifically do this hard copy, right? Yes. Versus like all these people who love to take notes. Yes. Um, how do it's you all written. It's all written. And all written. written or do you type it out? Like I'm gonna get so when I so here's what I do. When I do the goal setting exercise, and um I, by the way, y'all, I have a deck for this. I can share it afterwards. I've done live trainings on this in the, the Patreon group. I'll share the deck. When I do the goal setting exercise, I write because you're writing a lot, you're getting a lot of ideas out, you're getting a lot of like who do I need to be and all that. Once I have it finalized. I write it, right? At least once I write it because there's also more, um, they've studied this too. You remember things better when you write because it combines the visual, the mental and the physical. So it has more meaning to it when you write. And the things that I have printed, I have like some printed ones over there. I sign the bottom of it. Like I sign it. I write my name on the corner of it to say, this is me. This is me putting my name on this and something that I'm going after. Let's talk a little bit about my favorite topic in, in goal setting, which is micro goals. Because one of the things that goofs people up, I think, is they don't see the progress. And mm -hmm. so it's easy to give up when you don't see the progress or you don't get any of these, these wins. Can you talk about setting micro goals and, and how you chunk, chunk them up and what that means to you? So there's two types of goals that you want to focus on. There's product goals and process goals. And you probably heard me read this off in, in the binder. So process goals are the things that you do to achieve your goals. That's actually where you want to put most of the recognition and the celebration. Did I do the things today, this week, this month? And you celebrate those just like you achieved a goal. But then you break down the bigger goal into the smaller goal. So highly, highly recommend this book. It's called Kaizen. Um, One Small Step Can Change Your Life. Mandatory reading for my managers. 
And what it talks about in there, and again, like this is what's so fun, y'all, and also why I get so frustrated with people is they're studying this. Like they put people in brain scans and they see how different words light things up. They put people under plugs and see how things do, right? You know what happens when you set a really big goal? What part of your brain lights up? The reptilian part of your brain, the fear part of your brain. When you put a big goal in front of yourself, it lights up the fear section of your brain. This is, this is subconscious. You don't know this, right? You're not sitting there and feeling afraid because oftentimes we're getting ourselves hype, right? Like rah, rah, your brain's afraid. It's too big. You have to make it smaller. And this is why I love the process goals is the, uh, there's a quote, I can't, they, you know, the internet, who knows who said it? it was Abraham Lincoln, it was me, it was Darwin, who the hell knows who said this quote, but it was like, the whole point of setting a goal is who you become along the way. That's why the process goals are so important. So you set a big goal, you work backwards. What do you have to do daily, weekly, and monthly? And you celebrate that. But then when you hit 25%, 50%, 75%, and then 100%, you have real celebrations. This is the other thing that we're so awful at as human beings. Scott, you probably fall in this bucket too, because I know you're a good friend. We'll hit a fucking goal and not even let ourselves feel good about it. Oh, yeah. Like, especially my salespeople, my salespeople were on we blow, here together. We blow, we blow right through the goal that we hit and the new one got set so fast, I didn't even pat myself on the back. We don't even allow ourselves to feel good. Like, think about that for a second. We, we hit a goal and we don't even let ourselves feel good. You know what that teaches your brain. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We hit goals before and you made me feel bad about it. Wait, no, I, I did this before and we didn't even get anything. Why would I do this? So you actually, so you, I'm gonna take y'all through the full process of what I teach my team to do. The what, the who you need to be, the why, we haven't touched on this yet. Why do you wanna achieve this goal? What will change? What changes by achieving this goal? Next slide, what doesn't change? If you don't achieve this goal, what is the shit you're still going to have to deal with? Process goals, three by threes. Then we get into celebrate the process. How are you going to reward yourself along the way? What are you going to do when you had a month where you hit your three by threes? What are you going to do when you get to 50%? Right? Like, you, you write all of this down. This is a, like, if you're really doing goal setting, y'all, this is like a two to three hour, like, session to go through, right? This takes time, but no, again, as human beings, if we don't plan it, we won't do it. So if you don't intentionally go, here's how I'm going to celebrate, right? What I love to ask people is, who are you going to tell? Like, at least tell somebody that you achieved your goal, right? Now, quick side note on this. Just be prepared for people not to give a fuck. Sorry, I'm not probably shouldn't cuss as much. But like the first time, yeah, just real quick. Bad or jealous. Okay. The first time I broke six figures, the first time, finally, it was in October of 2012, by the way. October, I've got the W-2 in there. $108,000 on my W-2. First person I called was my dad. A lot of you guys don't know my backstory. My dad and I didn't have like a super close relationship growing up. So there's always that like, you know, trying to impress my dad type shit that's like buried deep in my subconscious that I'm just worked through a lot, luckily. Dad, dad, I did it. 
What'd you do, son? Broke 100K. I did it. Well, um, good, good for you, son. Um, you saving it? Oh, God damn it. He, he didn't even care. <laughs> right? I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was still doing the goal for someone else versus doing it for me. This is why celebrating for yourself matters. So I actually, I love this. John, I don't know, John, John Stern, whoever you are. I love this. So John just put in here, like if anyone needs to call and brag to someone, do it. This is your right. You earned it. Call someone who will be like, good fucking job. Like good for you. And by the way, any of y'all can hit me up and say, I hit it. And trust me, I'm going to come back and say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for doing it. Those words carry more weight to most people than they ever realize to have someone actually sit down and be like, yo, John, I'm proud of you, man. I don't even fucking know you. I'm proud of you. Have someone like that that you shared your goals with. So this is also part of the process. Who are you going to tell these goals to? Because there's two theories on goals. You tell people or you don't, right? There's the real G's move in silence type, or there's the other side where like, you have to make it public. You need to know which one's going to motivate you more, but someone's got to hold you accountable. Scott, you have a group, right? Like, oh, yeah. like you have money goals. Like you, they hold yeah. each other accountable. Yeah. It's uh, you hold each other accountable. You brag, you boast, you make fun of somebody who shanked. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And it is, and it's more motivating probably than any other group that, that I'm in, in terms of holding me, uh, accountable and this is a big deal too i think in particular if you uh run your own business you work for yourself and like you don't have a team like, i don't have a team so i replicated the team right or if you are on a team but now you're all separated like you can't you know interact with people as much so you've got to replicate these things that you need to to help you you know stay motivated and keep going yeah. Now, and this is something like I'm seeing on the side here real quick, though, like people talking about like goals going up for them. I want to call this out real quick. Big difference between your quota and your goal. Big difference. I give you a quota. You set your goal. All right. And if your goal is quota, then so be it. But then you're allowing someone else to control your goals. I give you a quota. You set your goals. But then this is why you achieving it and you becoming the person that you need to, is it frustrating when your number goes up? Yes, of course it's frustrating when your number goes up. But if you got better achieving your goal this year, you're ready to take that goal on next year. But if you didn't get better to get there, that's what's going to happen. Now you're going to be frustrated, right? So your goal, ideally, actually, I'm going to, no, I'm going to pause myself here. Your goal doesn't have to be quota. Your goal that like, I've worked with this too with my own teams, Managers make this mistake all the time. You had a rep that hit 50%. And then what do you do for the next one? Like, all right, Kevin, Kevin, we got to go after it next month. We got to get to 100%. And myself is like, you're right. I'm ready. And the man's like, how are we going to do it? And you're like, this is how we're going to do it. We do all this talk to get to 100%. How about you get me to 80%? That'd be a pretty big win going from 50% to 80%. To 100%. Most people can't double their skill set in 30 days or in a quarter, right? So it's setting reasonable goals. So everyone listening, yes, you want to have big goals, but make it smaller. If you're making 80K right now, don't go set 175K next year. Yes. 
if you don't see a path to it, how about you go make 125 and then 175 and then 200 and then 225? Um, the, I love this quote. Most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in three. We set these massive one-year goals. Whereas if you worked backwards from a three-year goal, you'd be shocked at what you can do because most people don't have like the sustenance to stick with shit for three years. Like I'm working on stuff. I know Richard's working on stuff. I know Scott's, we're three years out chunking things back. Not one year, right? Like what can you do in three years? Okay, that 2012, you know where I was three years later? After 2012, I was a VP just three years later. Not even actually three years later. It was like two years after that, right? That's where I was trying to aspire to get to and developing those skills. I think, Scott, you and I connected actually, I think, 2012. Yeah, that was you sent me a note that was like, how do I be a VP of sales? (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, but like that was the the note. It it was because back to the how. How do I need to do it? I need to surround myself with people. And by the way, your goal should change with as you grow with your friends. When you're young, you want friends that make you feel good. When you're old, you want friends that call you on your bullshit. Scott and, Scott and I are really good friends. Really good friends. One of the reasons why the, my dog just fell down the fucking stairs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my God, goat. My dog's name is Goat, by the way. And I should tell you everything. Um, but like Scott isn't there to make me feel good. He's there like, yo, raise your standards, dude. No, that's not good enough. No, you can do more. You can be better. I won't let you lower your bar. That's what great friends do as you get older. I don't need, like, Scott and I have a great time, but we all, every, no matter what we're talking, some business comes up every time, no matter what, every time. Goals come up every time we talk. You need those types of people around you. That's great. Hey, Katie, I, I hate to interrupt, but we are down to like the last nine minutes. So if there's something else you want to make sure we cover, because um, I know a couple people, yeah. myself yeah. and Scott included, have hard stops. I want to make sure we don't miss. Yep. And I know so one, here's, of, one of the things we talked about was trying to do something with kids. How do we help kids set appropriate goals? It's very similar. It's talking about it. Like it's talking about it. And so with my kids, though, a little bit different. I don't care if my kids set realistic goals. Why? You want them to dream. I want them to dream. Our problem as adults is we stop, right? We stop dreaming. We stop being imaginative, right? <laughs> right now, I happen to know that what, like my, one of my daughter's goals, Lily, right? we ask people like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And people give an answer and people are like, oh, that's bad or that's good or whatever. Lily wants to run a dog rescue business. Love it. What would you call it? What kind of dogs? Where would you do it? What color would it be? Who do you need to be? And that's where I focus. How, what do you need to learn? Who do you need to be, right? My daughter's nine, okay? My daughter's nine. I have the same conversation with my four and a half year old. Her goals are fucking hilarious, right? Like what she wants to achieve, right? She just wants to be a ballerina. Also, one of her goals was to be taller. Not sure where that came from. She is a shrimp. I didn't give her a lot of hope, but like, (laughs) what do you want to be when you grow up? 
tall. All right, you, yes, let's do it. But then here's the last part with kids is the why. Most adults, when it comes with kids, they get annoyed when their kids ask why. I'm the other way. I will never stop asking or answering why. And I actually drive my kids nuts with this. All right, Lily, you want to own a, a dog business. Why? I love dogs. Why? Well, they, they make people happy. Why do you want to rescue them? Well, because they need, they need a place to live. Why is that your goal? How will you feel? Why would, I'll do, I drive them nuts sometimes with the why, right? Why? Why? I'm the child because I never want them to stop asking why. And so that's the last part in all of this is like with your kids, start having these conversations early, but please, for the love of God, don't tell them their goals are bad. Like, don't, don't tell them that their goals are bad. Actually, dude, this was totally off the cuff. Chilling with Scott in his driveway one night. We do this thing called driveway drinks. And this is just amazing. I didn't think about this. We're sitting there. Scott and I come up with this like batshit crazy idea to start like a batting cage company. Right. And one of Scott's sons is out there. Okay. Here's how this conversation starts to go. Caleb, how would you market it? How would you attract people? Caleb is 10 at the time, by the way. Right. Why would someone come here? What would you like? Uh, this happened. This is what two months ago, Scott. Like, th- yeah, like a month ago. We're yeah. we're we're just trying to help him think big, right? And think through some of these things. So, like, never tell them that their goals are bad, but help them think, help them envision it, help them get excited about it. Like, so we do that with with our kids. I ask all the time because also too, do you think my daughter's goals are going to change sixty days from now? Absolutely. Why does she want to run a dog rescue company right now? Because we just rescued a dog. Duh. Next month, she's probably going to want to be a professional rodeo rider because we're in Texas and that's what people do, you know? So like help them think bigger, but encourage them, but always bring it back to the who. That's where I focus with my kids is who do you need to be? How would that person behave? Because then parenting tip here, by the way, if my kid acts up, would someone who ran a pit bull rescue station do that? If you were running a pit bull rescue station, wouldn't you have to keep it clean? Wait, you forgot to feed our dog? Mm-hmm. Did, did, didn't you say you wanted to run a pit bull rescue station and you didn't even feed goat this morning? <laughs> These conversations can start now and you can always tie it back to who they need to be. Right. So it's fun. It's fun to listen to your kids goals. It's fun. (laughs) Like it's so much fun because they're ridiculous and they make no sense and they're not logical. Encourage it. Encourage it. I have a picture actually in, in our bedroom. It's one of my favorite pictures. This will be a perfect thing to, to kind of wrap on is we were in Costa Rica two years ago. Costa Rica is one of my favorite places. It's one of my goals. I want to buy a place there. I have a little you know, plot of land. I could go put a tent on right now if this stupid pandemic doesn't want to stop. But like, this is where I want to go. We drove from Playa Potrero to San Jose. It's about a four hour drive from the coast into San Jose. And like, I'm driving, it's Costa Rica. It's not the most enjoyable drive. I get to the hotel. They're trying to bamboozle me out of my money. I'm super frustrated. So we go get lunch at this hotel. I'm going to 
piss ass mood, right? Because just drove four hours. They're trying to take money from me. I'm not happy about it. I look across the table. Lily and Louisa, those are my little gangsters, are like whispering to each other. And you can just like see like the energy and the excitement in their eyes, right? They're just whispering to each other and like all this. I'm like, you know, what are you girls talking about? Oh, we're just talking about our smoothie company. Like what smoothie company? We want to open a smoothie shop in Costa Rica. And we're going to call it the Bug and the Bear. Those are my kids' nicknames, by the way, Lily Bug and Issa Bear. We're going to call it the Bug and the Bear. And I sit there and I'm like, my kids are talking about starting a smoothie shop in Costa Rica right now. So my next question, well, how are you gonna get the adults to go? We could have beer. We'll have beer (laughs) at the smoothie shop. I'm like, yes, you can, right? They spent the whole lunch talking about the bug and the bear smoothie and beer shop in Costa Rica, right? it's getting them to think bigger, right? Gluten-free beer apparently doesn't matter, Brian. So whatever, I'm going to pop one open right now. I don't care if it's noon, but like help your kids think big, but then for yourselves, same thing. All y'all right now listening, there's something happening. You're feeling an emotion. That's how your goals need to be for your, if your own goals don't trigger the same sort of joy. When I look at that picture of my house in Costa Rica, I feel it. I see it. I hear it. That joy is there. You can't see it. I've got goose. I don't know if y'all can see this. There's goosebumps happening. That's how a goal should feel. If it doesn't, don't even fucking do it. It's not worth it. So that would be my parting advice. I'm going to do this real, real fast. This is what I'll share with y'all. I think we have an email list. Just again, so you guys don't think I'm just full of it. This is the training I take my team through. And we did it twice. Five buckets, starting with 120 days, keystone goal, Who do you need to be to get there? What will change if you do? If nothing changes, what happens? Why you, why now? We didn't talk about this on this call. Why you, why now? Process and systems, your three by threes. Celebrate the process. Kaizen, break it down. If it goes wrong, what will you do? You write this down. What will you do if you don't feel like it? What will you do if something goes wrong? Make it visual and emotional. Recap. Questions and comments. We go through this as a team. So I'll share this with Richard and Scott. They can email this out to y'all. They, they made me promise no PowerPoints for the presentation, but I hope this was good, y'all. Like this, this stuff matters. Katie, this has been fantastic, man. Thank you so much. And, and a huge thanks to Lead 411, Gong and Vidyard for sponsoring this. We really appreciate their support. Um, and thank you, everybody. Yes, there's a recording. It'll be sent out. Um, yes, Katie, as soon as you get me over to that, um, we'll be able to package that up in the next 24 hours and get it out to everybody. So thank you all, everyone. We really appreciate it. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Katie. Later. Thank you.